Welcome back to the podcast, The Secret of a Successful Life Series. In the last episode, we noticed how young Oscar Jones lost his last surviving parent. Oscar then grew upset at his perception of a respected church member who he did not trust. Time will tell if Oscar was right or wrong in his opinion about that leader. In this episode, we will hear chapters three and four that tell more about the developing character of Oscar Jones. We hope you enjoy the secret of a successful life series. Chapter 3 Living with a Cold Heart There are stages to grief that everyone in sorrow experiences. Papa had good friends that cared about him. One of those special friends was my mother, Mary Hunt. Mama's parents were Ralph and Beulah Hunt. Their farm was about a mile from Papa's great-grandparents' home where he stayed and worked on his dad's farm. Papa and Mama were school sweethearts for years, but it would be a few years before they would get married. Grandpa and Grandma Hunt always liked Papa. They knew his parents and respected their desires to follow God's word for their lives and the church. They also knew that Papa was entering into a dark time in his life that somehow he would have to move out of. I'm sure that Papa was included in their daily prayers for some time before he became a part of their family. Following the eighth grade graduation that May, Papa plunged into working his dad's farm, trying to make a go of it. After getting the crops in, one day in June, some of the older boys in the community stopped by to ask him to be part of a baseball team they were putting together. Papa had been pretty good at playing ball during recess, and the other older boys thought he had what it took to be part of their team. With his long legs, he was a good runner for a ball team. Also, since Papa was a good organizer, he had an added touch of getting some ideas into motion, a quality he would develop in his life. When it came to playing ball, he was a good catcher. He often said that a good catcher could win or lose the game. Rosalind, maybe you've noticed how a bad catcher can overthrow the ball with a pitcher missing it and someone on first base ends up making a home run by poor field playing. Well, Papa did his job as a catcher very well. Since Papa no longer wanted any part of the church because of the banker, he stopped attending services, with the exception of attending funerals from time to time. To fill this new area of extra time, Papa started to go to ball games on Sundays. One Sunday, his team was headed to Holly, Iowa, in the western part of our county to play. The team members had to leave pretty early to make the trip in a horse-drawn wagon. In order to travel to the game, the players had to do their farm chores extra early and make arrangements for others to take care of the chores that night. On the road to the game, one of the team members suddenly realized that no one brought any food for the team to eat. This was going to be a long day. Like I said earlier, Papa was quite an organizer. He looked in the wagon they were riding in and saw a rope in the front. So he came up with a plan. They were about to go through a town and he wanted the team to tie him up 
and pull him behind the wagon. When they got near a farmhouse or in the town, they were telling the people that they were taking this crazy man to the insane asylum in Clareville, Iowa. So when they got near a farmhouse, Papa would jump out of the wagon and do everything he could to convince the people he was mentally unstable. He would bark like a dog, roll on the ground, growl, and other things you might not want to put in your report. Families would run out to see what was going on, and the team players would start to explain over Papa's growling and actions that they had to take this young man to Clareville, Iowa, to the asylum. But since they had to leave so early and quickly that morning, they didn't have time to pack any food. The people were then asked if they could provide some food for that troubled young man. Well, most people had a kind heart, and they would go to their houses, keeping the children away from that character, while they made some sandwiches. And a few minutes after the hooting and howling that Papa made, they would return, placing the food sometimes on a broom, and handing it at arm's length, lest they get any closer to this character than they had to. Papa would grab the food, taking a fast bite out of it, and then place it in his pocket. Team members would thank the people for their Christian charity and proceed down the road. When they were out of sight, Papa would jump into the wagon and share the food with the team. When they came to another house, they would do the same thing until everyone on the team had more than enough to eat for the day. Grandpa Frank and Grandma Helen must have looked down from heaven and shook their heads at the kind of things their beloved son was doing. Papa would be involved in the actions of teenage boys, but deep down, he still had a tender heart. Years later, he would tell of how he tried to talk a friend in town out of a practical joke. It seems that in front of the hardware store, there was a bench that the men in the community liked to sit on to visit and smoke their pipes. Papa's friends got to thinking how it would be nice to arrange for some water to fall on them sometime. No one really thought that it would happen, but they had fun just thinking about it. But one day, while the minister in town was sitting with the other men, Papa's friend climbed up the back of the store onto the roof. The friend had placed a five-gallon bucket of water on the roof the night before. So while the men were visiting the next morning, Papa's friend quietly took the water on the roof and suddenly caused a cloudburst to fall on the town's preacher. The preacher was naturally all wet, and the men were laughing about it. It was clear to everyone's ears that the preacher was cussing at the kid who did that while he walked home to change clothes. Papa enjoyed a good practical joke at the expense of hypocritical church members. I guess you would have to say that he had a chip on his shoulder at that time in his life, a choice he made for himself. One more example of this attitude took place one summer at the end of the thrashing season. In those days, the farm neighborhoods worked together doing many things together. A group of neighbors would go from farm to farm helping to thrash the wheat or oats with a thrash machine that was brought to each farm. The neighbors would each bring what was called a hay rack, which was a large flat wagon. At that time, the standing grain would be cut into bundles and put into shocks or sheaves and left to dry in the fields until it was picked up to be thrashed. There's an old song in the hymn books that many younger people probably do not understand called bringing in the sheaves. That is a reference to the harvest of souls for the Lord's kingdom. It was a custom in our farming community that at the end of the season, the last farmer to get his grain thrashed by the crew 
would buy a keg of beer for the farmers to drink together. Although my papa was not a heavy drinker, in those days he did drink on occasion. One year, at one of the thrashing parties, papa, being the organizer that he was, designed a practical joke. There were two men on the crew who were strong church members of our congregation. At least, they were very vocal in their opinions against drinking alcohol and the need to go to church. Those two men also happened to be the laziest workers in the crew. So while the party was getting started, Papa helped encourage that the two church members take a drink, and then another one. It was not too long until the two church members were drunk. Papa went on to say that they should take one of the black horses from one man's team or pair of horses and hook it with a white horse from the other man's team. Both men were so drunk that they didn't realize that they each had a horse that was not theirs. The men were then sent on their way home. The rest of the crew got a big laugh at the expense of the two good but lazy men. Years later, Papa would recall that story not with a laugh, but with a regret for what he had encouraged. Since this joke was pulled before I was born, I never did know who the church members were. Although I do remember a few times when Papa would start to bring up the subject and Mama would give him that, that look, that meant he better stop the conversation. Speaking about people that drank alcohol reminds me of one of Papa's baseball team members that had a Stutz Bearcat car. At that time, in the early 1900s, the Stutz Bearcat car was a pretty sporty little car. One day, Papa's friend was driving down the road after he'd been drinking alcohol when he came up to a bridge. He thought there were two bridges, so he took the bridge to the right and discovered that there was not a bridge there at all, and he ended up in a creek. Perhaps some of the practical jokes Papa pulled might have been a way for him to work through the grief in his heart. One story he did tell often was when he was a young man, he went to a farm sale in the summertime. In those days, when a farmer was going to stop farming and move to town or to another farm, they would often have a farm auction at the farm site. People from miles around would attend those events, and the horses and wagons would be parked along the road for some distance. Later, when people started to drive cars and trucks, the horse-drawn vehicles were replaced. Most of the auctions were in the colder months of the year, but the auction I want to tell you about took place one warm August day. At the time, Papa was a young man and was willing to help others who needed some help. During that farm sale, an older neighbor named Sam had bought a five-gallon bucket of used nails for a small amount. The bucket was really too heavy for Sam to carry to his wagon parked down the road, so Papa volunteered to carry the bucket of nails for his friend. While he was carrying the bucket of nails to the road, he walked by the empty chicken house and noticed a dead chicken lying in the doorway. It was apparent that the chicken had been dead for a few days and since the temperature was starting to climb that day, it would not be long before the dead bird would start to smell. Papa stopped and took some of the old rusty nails out of the bucket and put the dead chicken in the bucket then covered it up with nails. Papa then carried the bucket of nails with the dead chicken buried in it to the farmer's wagon, making sure to place the bucket in the direct sunlight to catch the heat of the day. By the end of the day, the wagon had several other items in it that neighbor Frank bought and Papa carried to the wagon for him. 
By the time the farm sale was over, there was a definite odor starting to develop. When the sale was over, Papa was walking to his wagon with some other friends to go home when the neighbor with the nails walked up to the wagon. Sam made the comment how something was really starting to smell around there. Sam followed his nose and said to the men that he thought the smell was coming from his wagon. So the group of men started to look at the items in the wagon. One of the men said, Sam, it smells like the odor is coming from that bucket of nails you bought. So Sam pulled the bucket to the back of the wagon and started to sort through the nails. That's when he found the dead chicken. Oscar really thought Sam would put two and two together and blame him for that, but Sam went on to complain about the old tightwad who had the sale, and why would he put a dead chicken in a bucket of nails anyway? It would be several years before Papa would admit to pulling that joke, and Sam and he would laugh about it whenever they talked about it. Oscar could enjoy a good practical joke, but as time went on, he mellowed out in his attitude in many ways that we will notice in this interview. Chapter 4 Walking Through the Dark Valley in Life The Bible tells us in Psalm 23:4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Even when we have dark times in our lives because of grief, God has a way of helping us to heal. I guess no one completely gets over the loss of their parents. That's a subject I will tell you more about later. I do know that God helps us through those troubling times. For Papa, he filled his life with hard work and also lots of fun with his friends. There would be the Saturday nights when he would go into town and shoot the 22 rifles at the shooting galleries or play pool at the pool hall. Overall, he worked hard and cared about being with his friends. Papa knew Mary Hunt for years. They'd been good friends in school and church, but since he was out of school and had stopped going to church, he didn't get to see her much anymore, with the exception of when the neighbors would work together. In the summertime, when he helped the neighbors with the farm work like threshing grain, he would see Mary, and there was always a good friendship between them. However, there was one occasion when their friendship almost ended by something Papa did as a joke. As a young man, Papa would pull some practical jokes on the woman who would become my mother. The jokes usually were well received, but one cold winter day, Papa went too far. The neighbors had come to their farm to butcher some farm animals. It was just before dinner time when the men were walking to the house to eat. The group had just slaughtered a cow, and being in a joking mood, Papa cut off one of the cow's teats. This was just the same size of one of his fingers. Can you just see the reaction Mary would have if she thinks I've cut a finger off? He then ran toward the house holding his hand. Mary, come quick! The knife slipped and look! And at that point, he let the cow's teat about the size of a finger fall to the ground. When Mama saw this, she started to cry and rushed over to help Oscar. It was at that point that Papa and the other men with him started to laugh. Mary saw that she had become the object of a practical joke. It was at that point that Papa and the other men with him started to laugh. When Mama saw that she had become the object of a practical joke, she turned around and stomped back to the house. 
It would take several days before she would even talk to Papa. A few days later, Papa stopped by the farm. Mary, I know what I did was wrong, and, and I want to say I'm sorry. Oscar, you think that you can just say you're sorry, and that will make everything all right, don't you? Well, if you ever want to come calling on me again, you'd better learn to treat me with better respect than that. Do you understand? I will not be the source of your practical jokes. That bad joke became the low point of their relationship. From that time on, Papa treated Mama with a newfound respect, and their love for each other began to grow and grow. Years later, Mama would laugh about that experience. I guess it was a time when she saw how badly Papa felt that he had offended her and that he really did care about her. By the time they were 18, they were spending most of their free time together. Papa was getting a better understanding of the farm he had inherited, and the banknote he felt was already paid off was now officially paid in full. Papa made a point to keep good records so that the banker could not pull any more tricks on him, whether real or imagined. Eventually, Grandpa and Grandma Hunt began to realize that Papa and Mama were not just friends anymore. One night while they were out, Ralph told Beulah, that he would not be surprised if Mary did not come home some night because the two had run off to get married. In those days, there were not many church weddings. A couple would get their license and then find a preacher to perform the simple service. Grandma Beulah said how she really liked Oscar, but that she hoped that their daughter would marry a man that felt the church was important. What kind of family would they raise if the church was not an important part of their lives? She did not want her children to be unequally yoked. Well, Grandpa must have been a prophet because one night, a few weeks later, Mama didn't come home. Papa had arranged for his good friend, Fred Williams, to take care of his farm chores, and Papa and Mama went into town to get on the train. They went to Marthasville, Missouri, where they got married and returned home a couple days later. The year was 1906. And they would set up housekeeping on Papa's home place, building a home and new life together. Papa explained to Mama that it was fine with him that she went to church and he would not stand in the way of her attending or taking part in the church. But for him, he did not want anything to do with that congregation. Although not everyone there was bad. Looking back at it, Papa's main issue was with the banker who cheated him and then acted like nothing had happened while at church. Papa would have other experiences with Mr. Hilner in the years to come, and some of them would be over issues that no one would ever dream possible at this time in his life. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We invite you to listen to the next podcast that continues to share the developing story of The Secret of a Successful Life series.